We'd like to welcome you back to part three of our current event and weekly Bible study for November 29th, 2015. Uh, continuing on with this theme, the next uh, video, about a four-minute video clip, is entitled Diversity is a Code Word for White Genocide. Okay, now we've already proven that in the last, but I'm just going to keep um, re-emphasizing this from different angles, you know, to further show you why I felt this study was necessary. Diversity is a code word for white genocide. And those who claim an anti-racist position actually have a bigoted anti-white agenda. Africa for the Africans. Asia for the Asians. White countries for everybody. Children from white families in Birmingham are set to become... Now, I wouldn't just say black countries for everybody because not all the Muslims are blacks. Okay, so I'm not going to go say that, you know, I think that's going too far. But, I mean, obviously the majority of Muslims coming in from the countries that are invading Europe, yes, there are some black Muslims coming from Africa. I don't think that's the majority from, from the demographics I've seen, though. But the effect is still the same, and that is targeted white genocide. A minority group for the first time when this year's census is collected in March. This week, BBC London is looking at the changing face of London and what it means for the capital. Minorities now seem to be surpassing white folks yeah, in births. Yeah. And the forecast is that white folks are on track to becoming, and I hate to say this, <laughs> the minority in America. That I term to be genocide. And I'm backed up again by the United Nations definition on genocide, which quite specifically says, in the present convention, genocide means any of the acts committed with intent to destroy, in whole or in part, a national, ethical, racial or religious group, and deliberately inflicting on that group conditions of life calculated to bring about its physical destruction in whole or in part to be genocide because they have been driven out they have lost their right to exist as a culture and a race in their own country genocide if multiculturalism is something people really want then why do we have white flight uh, i would like to make a point to she said if multiculturalism is what they really want then why do we have white flight mr murray uh, was that uh, the people of Europe have the right to protect their identity and that their politicians should respect that right. Uh, and I would like to ask you why you feel that the presence of one or two or a thousand people with a different identity within a society threatens the identity of the people who were in the society originally. Whether you believe that is a legitimate concern or a primal fear, that's my question. The gentleman here said, why are you threatened by one or two people? I'm not threatened by one or two people. Nobody is threatened by one or two people. The figures I gave you showed we're not talking about one or two people. The figure I gave you at the very beginning was that people who identify as white British citizens are now a minority in their capital city. So we're not talking about one or two people, and it is very disingenuous to pretend that I was. They say you shouldn't judge people based on the colour of their skin. So why then, at the same time, do they blame white people for all the evil things in the world? Most of the countries of the third world was, were exploited from us. So now we cannot say that we don't... So she's, I, I guess, a white girl saying that most of the countries in the third world were exploited by us, so... ...accept them because most of their riches and their wealth were taken from us. So now they have a right to come here and invade because we took most of their riches and wealth. So white society as a whole needs to be blamed. This is a white person saying this. Douglas Murray, your response particularly to that uh, challenge to you. You say colonialism. I'd like to ask you a question. How long do former colonial countries have to be punished for them? How long do we have to have our identity erased for? Is there any end limit to it in your eyes, or is it only at the point of complete negation? And finally, why... In other words, complete negation, complete destruction of the white race. How long do we have to be punished? You know, how, how long for all of our ancestral 
whether whether it's whether it's even true or not in a given situation how long does that punishment have to last and who decides how long the punishment lasts against the white race is it that it's only european former colonialist countries the largest one of the largest and most significant and longest uh, colonial powers in history was the turkish empire do we do this to Turkey? No. Do we say to Turkey, you must have your identity erased as well as punishment for the past? Almost every single people in the world at some point has done something historically they could be punished for. But why, I wonder, is it that it is Europeans that we are always being heard, Dr. being Murray. offered that choice? Dr. Murray, thank you. Before we go to Mr. So again, it's selective outrage. It's this pre-programming that the New World Order has basically given to the whole world to essentially demonize the white race. Muslims, you know, at a core level, hate them like they hate the Jews. Okay, they want they are they are told infiltrate. You know, do what they're doing now in in, in Europe, and you know, so many of these other cultures, the white race is absolutely demonized and blamed for all of their ills and therefore this just gives them more fuel to the fire to do whatever they're doing and they feel justified um in doing it so you know just one more angle and aspect of this now next report is entitled there was a study mixed race people have identity problems and have the greatest risk of suffering from mental health problems so when you look at the fruit of an agenda okay um is the fruit positive is it yielding good fruit are we seeing you know wonderful contributions or are we seeing um what type of fruit is this whatever you're analyzing producing well a british report has found that the mixed race people have the greatest risk of suffering from mental health problems in many cases because they're unhappy being mixed instead preferring to associate with one of their parents races many black and white mixed race people prefer to call themselves black for example barack obama um in for example barack obama in finding it depressing to consider themselves mixed the report called mixed experiences growing up mixed race mental health and well-being collected information from many different studies along with interviews from mixed race people talking about their experiences as children Co-author Dinah Morley was said that there was a lack of understanding over what it means to be mixed race. She said, quote, I was surprised at how much racism from black and white people had come their way, Morley said. A lot of children were seen as black when they might be being raised by a single white parent and had no understanding of the black culture. Um, the default position for the child of a mixed race is that they are black, meaning this is typically a black man with a white woman. Okay. Um, Morley said that the most occurring experience was that they were, they were too white to be black and too black to be white. Any whites are not concerned with the mental health of white people or even non-white people. All anti-whites are caring about is the idea of getting rid of race. Only in white countries this, only in white countries this idea of theirs is forced and amounts to a genocide against the white people. That's a fact. That's what's going on. They're spending billions of dollars to accomplish this. And again, look who is behind it. Are their intentions pure? Do they really want diversity? To be, because it's, it's going to, the end game, the end result is going to be such a wonderful utopian world where there will be no more races. All races will be evidently dissolved and it'll just be a commingling of all the races in one because they know that that's going to lead to no we're, we're going into the end times we're going into the times of the tribulation that the bible talks about we're going into the most wicked time the world's ever known and evidently this is part of their agenda in order to bring that about because look at who's behind it and how much effort is being put forth to this i mean all of the recent reports i've done Basically, with Muslims in, invading Europe, with Muslims invading this country, with the, letting the illegal aliens in and, and, and dissolving the borders, look at 
look at all the major news stories. They, they, they all have a component of this, a huge component of this. So going further, it says that genocide does not have to be violent. On the contrary, genocide is basically defined as purposely getting rid of a group. So when predominantly white countries are forced to have their borders open to a massive non-white third world immigration, despite public disapproval, it is still shoved down their throats. Millions of non-whites are needed to pour into white countries because how um, because now white people can be mixed out of existence. Oh no, because how can white people white people be mixed out of existence otherwise? How are they going to be annihilated as a race? Well, obviously this is how you do it, but you can't talk about that if you're white because if you do, you're a racist. Yeah, well. I'm about the most unpolitically correct person on the planet. Next report, black pastor speaks the truth about white genocide. Now, I don't agree with everything with Pastor Manning, but he makes a good point. I understand that there was a tape that Michelle, the fist bump Obama, made some statements about kill whitey going back to her college days. We've not been able to get it. I'm willing to be able to be a facilitator of it if anybody wants to present it. However... So, Michael Obama, I mean Michelle, um, Kill Whitey was part of the, the rhetoric that uh, he was heard saying growing up. Americans, let me help you understand something. What we see going on in our... I mean, look at the disdain both Michael and Obama, Barack, have for the white races. Look at all of the ways that they've operated, all of the legislations that have been act, enacted, all of the, the opening up of the borders, the bringing in the Muslims, the absolute total race baiting and all of the things they've tried to do to stoke the fires of race wars and in um the demonization of of pro um life and you can be pro-life and be black okay but i'm just saying from a demographic standpoint they have absolutely done everything they can do to basically demonize the white races to a large extent i mean you look at what obama's fruit has been there's been a lot of that on in his agendas that he has implemented, you know, and to try to ultimately create a civil war between the black and white races and, and the, and the uh, Hispanic races coming in, to create this, um, you know, divide and conquer type of, of um, United States that they envision. The nation right now is get the white man, get him. He's got money, he's got power, he's got the military, He's got position. He's got it. He's never been discriminated against. The white male does not know what it is to be discriminated against. So Obama, and what you see in Sonia Sotomayor, in her statement, wise Latino woman can make a better decision uh, with respect to uh, empathy and also experience than a white male, is exactly what's going on in the hearts of the NAACP, what's going on in the hearts of the Puerto Rican Legal Defense Fund, what's going on in Barack Hussein, the long-legged Mac Daddy, all of his policies, and sadly, what's going on in the hearts of many Jewish people like Tim Geithner, like Rahm Emanuel, David Axelrod, George Soros, and a whole lot of other Jews that hate Jews, that hate being Jews, they want to get whited, get the white man. There, there's definitely huge... Zionistic high-level Jewish component to this as well. They're the ones putting a ton of the money behind this. And I'm not demonizing the whole Jewish race. I'm demonizing the Kabbalistic, meaning the highest form of Jewish witchcraft, Illuminati component of this, which they've put billions of dollars to annihilate the white race. There and there's there's no now and again that's not your average everyday. Jew. I'm talking about the ones at the top of the food chain. I'm talking about the ones that Jesus Christ said that they are not real Jews, but they are of the synagogue of Satan. In Revelation, I believe, uh, 3 or 2, around there. So, yeah, that's who we're in reference to. They're the ones putting a ton of money behind this to create this. Now, remember, this is a black pastor saying this. So he's confirming what I've just said. Now, here. White man. Or actually not what I've said, but what the documentaries, what the information is clearly indicating that I have just presented before you in, in the first couple parts of this teaching. ...has never been discriminated against in terms of discrimination. 
He has never been colonized in that real sense like other nations. He has always been dominant. He's always been in power. And at present, he has more power now than he's ever had. So what affirmative action essentially is about, the, the story behind all of this immediate stuff that comes up, such as the NAACP presentation or the affirmative action or the Puerto Rican Legal Defense Fund or what the immediate statement represented by Sybil so, so, uh, Sotomayor, y'all call her Sonia Sotomayor, <clears throat> is get the white man. We got to get him. And what Obama is seeking to do with his policies, uh, with his uh, implementation of taxation upon people, is to get the white man. And, and that's what a battle is. That's what it's all about. Now listen, I'm not an Uncle Tom, and I don't want you to think that somehow or another I'm, I'm siding, taking sides with the white male who's in power against the black male who doesn't have any power. I'm not, and I'm not an Uncle Tom. I just want to deal with the truth. This matter that we're looking at with the white males being in power for the last 2,000 years and the white male does not know discrimination, never been discriminated against in that regard. Now, notice I didn't say the white woman, but the white male. I'm not an Uncle Tom in the regard that you might now try to conclude that I am le leveling a defense for the white male against what has been the advent of slavery in America, the advent of Jim Crow, the advent of segregation, the advent of discrimination. Let me tell you what a, a real Uncle Tom is. Uh, the, the true Uncle Tom in definition beyond Harry Beecher Stowe, the true Uncle Tom of today, modern vernacular Uncle Tom, today's nomenclature of the Uncle Tom is this, is the black man who gets enough money to try to be white. So therefore, when he gets money enough to move out of the hood, he moves into the white neighborhood, he lives the white life, sends his children to the white school, he's the Uncle Tom. That's the true Uncle Tom that has always been, uh, I suppose, spoken of in the community. I live in Harlem. I've lived there for 27, actually for 29 years. I've got the money to move out of this community, but I don't move out of this community because I'm not trying to avoid my blackness and move in a white neighborhood and be white. The true Uncle Tom, next time some black man tells you he's living in a white neighborhood, then call him Uncle Tom because that's exactly what it is. And call his wife Aunt Jemima because that's exactly what he is. And call his children misfits. That's the Uncle Tom. Not having See, I, I wouldn't say this, but I, can't, I couldn't get away saying He's saying it, okay? Are you going to say he's biased, that, that he's uh, a racist? This is a black pastor saying this, okay? So I'm just saying, you know, I, I think he's laying it out. Said that, having said that, I just want to speak on behalf of God. I'm not favoring, I'm not suggesting that the white males, he's never been discriminated against. He's never known a time when he was, uh, his brother a father was not in power. The white male over the last 2,000 years never been colonized, never been treated as such as any other minority. I'm not here necessarily defending him. I'm simply speaking this matter cannot be taken up in the Supreme Courts of this land or any other land. This matter must go directly to God. And by the way, only God can solve this. But And if there's something wrong, you, got, you need to take it to God because God's the one that gives power to live, and God's the one to give power to lay down and die. you got to take it to the throne of God, not to the Supreme Court where Sybil Sotomayor wants to take it and where the long-legged Mac daddy thinks he can gain some leverage or with the businesses of America. We're going to boycott... Long-legged Mac daddy's Obama is who he's in reference to. I caught GM. In fact, the boycott on GM is on right now. However, this is not just a national problem. That is to say that there's discrimination against blacks, discrimination against Latinos, here in America it, with respect to get the white man, get the white male, get him. In a sense, he does not understand discrimination. He does not understand an underprivileged life. So get him with the laws, with the courts, in any way you can get the white male, get him. Remember what we, we were talking about in the, in the last thing where they were talking about that they were quoting these guys, and they were, most of them were white, and they were like, we need to basically like hunt down every single white person none of them can be spared we need to pursue them from pillar to post essentially 
and force this diversity, this integration, our agenda, our satanic agenda that is inspired by Satan on them, whether they like it or not. He's confirming this as a black pastor who lives in a black neighborhood. Are you going to, you know, is he racist? He's just stating facts, which is what I have been doing. And Obama is the chief general in destroying the white man's legacy and taking his power from him. But not only is this a national issue, this is an international issue. What you see, international issue, what you see going on with the Islamics, the jihadists, the Hezbollahs, the Hamas, the Ahmadinejad, the Hugo Chavez's, what you see going on on an international scale is an international attempt to get the white male. Get him. See, the Islamists don't have any problem with black people, Latino people. They just want to get the white male. They really don't have a real problem with America. They want to get the white male. The Islamists do. And this was recorded April 23rd, 2014, or at least that's when they published it. Okay, This is well before this mass integration just started happening going into Europe. This is that's only been in the last what three four months. Started in summer with um, I believe Germany. He's saying that they were after the white male, the Islamics, the the jihadists, and all that. And now look what's happening. What he is saying is absolutely totally coming to pass. Over a year later, after or um, this is a year before that even started happening. In mass, at least. It was happening to a certain extent before that. But now it's happening in mass. And what he said is absolutely coming to pass. It's like predictive. He predicted it perfectly. It's the white male. He's been in power for over 2,000 years. Nearly 2,500 years. The white male has been in power unbroken. Un he has had no discrimination against him. Now, again, my read of this and what I see black people doing, Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, get the white male. Barack Hussein Obama, who is taking it to a new level, get the white male. It's never been, there's never been the amount of power against destroying the white male, his money, his home, his culture, his military, as Obama. Nobody's ever taken it to that level. And, and I mean, what Obama's done, and again, this was way over a year ago. This was recorded. This is almost like a year and a half ago. <laughs> think of the think of the situation that the white male is in now compared to a year and a half ago when he recorded this. The, the ramping up of the agenda, particularly against the white race, the white genocide. So I, I mean, I just don't, I don't see how anybody could really, if they looked at this analytically, if they looked at the facts, how they could really say, oh, this is non-existent, this problem doesn't exist, and this is just not even, you know. No, it's, it's real. <laughs> it's as real as it gets. The only other person is Osama bin Laden, who's taking it to the level that Barack Hussein Obama had. But the whole idea behind these people is get whitey, get it, get whitey. Now here. My read of this does not simply stop with those who promote get whitey or whitey who promotes defend himself in whatever, in whatever way he possibly can. I'm not, I'm not defending either one. I'm not on either one of those sides. I'm not on the black folks' side. I'm not on the white folks' side. I'm on God's side. And that needs to be clear. If you're going to try to understand where I'm coming from, I'm on God's side. And I'm looking up and saying, hey, listen. If God wanted to be able to change the circumstances of Nigeria and make it like New York City, make it the international finance capital, the theater capital, the entertainment capital, the, the merchandise and retailing capital, the greatest melting pot on the planet, if God wanted Lagos, Nigeria to be that way, then God can do it. Obviously, he hasn't done it. And I don't know anybody who's saying, running around saying that God wants Nigeria to be like New York City and wants New York City to be like Nigeria. So in that regard, if you want to get whitey, don't bother the white man. You need to go after God. You need to talk to the Lord. That's my thing. That's my thing. And 
if the white man has great power, then hey, black man, why don't you stop fighting with these NAACP, these racist urban league, the, stop following these Jesse Jackson, these charlatans, Al Sharpton, and this long-legged Mac Daddy, this emissary of the devil, this liar, this world's most notorious, this no criminal has ever been as, as big a criminal as Barack Hussein Obama on this planet. Stop following him and get down on your knees and talk to the Lord. That's all I'm saying. All I'll ever say. After that, I'm going to have lunch. I'm saying, don't get whitey, but go to God. Talk to the Lord. Ask Almighty God, how can we be a better global people? How can we be a better people without black, Latinos, Islamic people waging war against a man who obviously, God, you have blessed over the last 2,500 years. God blessed the white man. I can tell you, I can prove it, because the black man won't live out with the white man. That's why I know. God blessed him. If the white man's community, if the white man was the devil, like they say in the nation of Islam, black Muslim, if the white man was the devil, then his neighborhood would be hell. And black folk wouldn't want to be moving to hell. Nobody wants to live in hell. All black people who got money and those who don't have money want to live in the white neighborhood. Well, if the white man was the devil, then Louis Farrakhan wouldn't be living in the white neighborhood where he lives now. What a, what a stinking, hypocritical devil. Louis Farrakhan calling for, you know, the mass death of white men everywhere. Um, and again, yeah, flashback. Farrakhan blacks must rise up and kill whites. Calls for 10,000 black Muslim men to retaliate and kill whitey, essentially. But that's fine. That's, that's okay to say that all day long. I'm not calling for any of that. I'm not calling that white people rise up and kill blacks or kill anybody. I'm not calling... I'm just simply pointing out the facts. But I know I would be demonized you know, by a large sect of the population for even bringing this up. But when literal genocide is occurring against the white race, I need to shut my mouth. I, I can't say anything. And I'm not even calling for any of that against the black races. Or, but truth is truth, and he's pointing that out. And so let's finish up here. You get what I'm saying? So it's a mass, it's a ball of confusion. None of these leaders know what they're talking about, including the long-legged Mac Daddy, and he's not going to succeed. And the number one reason why he's not going to succeed is James David Manning. That's why he's not going to succeed. Because I just laid enough, enough truth on you to keep you going for another 10,000 years. That truth I just laid on you. Get whitey. Get the white male. <laughs> so, <laughs> I probably should have played that first as my intro into this whole subject because he would have he does a better job at laying the groundwork about this subject than than i could because i'm i'm gonna always be accused of having a racist bent. i i don't like blacks and all of this other stuff you know i've gotten traditionally in my life i have tended to get along with blacks almost better than whites when i i don't know why I just really seem to be able to like um i don't know just i don't know i've always that's always been something with me where i can typically make friends with black people really really easy you know why because i'm a racist because i hate blacks that's why it's all a big act on my part no i'm not good at faking stuff okay but you know again this doesn't even have anything to do this is just pointing out what is truth what is the agenda? What is the obvious agenda? And who is behind it? You know, and that's all I'm really trying to do today. Okay, and again, here's another clip from uh, Pastor Manning. And um, I haven't even vetted this clip totally yet, but I mean, he just right off the bat, he's bringing up points where he's pointing out the hypocrisy that he sees exists in his own race. Now, I'm not saying there's not any hypocrisy in the white races. I'm not saying the white race is perfect or puritanical or whatever. I'm not saying that at all. You know, I'm just... What the agenda is, though, against them is becoming more, by the day, so crystal clear and so obvious what the agenda is that I couldn't really go any further without actually reporting on this 
particular subject. You know, black people, African-Americans, African black people have routinely and historically made wrong decisions. Please listen to this. I mean, please listen to what I'm saying. When, 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 when all the black men in America, to the tune of 1.5 million of them, went down to Washington to follow Louis Farrakhan on the Million Man March, they made the decision to go down there to look for an answer to the dilemma of black men and the black suffering that goes on in America and worldwide. 1.5 million men went down there empty, and they came back even more empty and disappointed than when they went down there. When black America rose up and praised the court. Now, let me say something about that. When they, all of these black men going to follow Farrakhan, what is Farrakhan? He's a black Muslim. What are they... What is Barack Obama? He is a black Muslim, essentially. Or if you want to call him mixed race. What is his agenda? Total destruction of America, but particularly total destruction of the white race, white genocide in America. That seems to be his obvious... Granted, I'm not Satan, saying Satan would stop at the white races. I'm not saying he wouldn't ultimately want to destroy everybody. But Obama is absolutely bent on not only imposing, shoving Muslim in Islam down our throats collectively as a, as a nation, but also, um, uh, you know, stoking this big gigantic race war as well. Okay, so you have somebody like Louis Farrakhan, and you have the the um, a lot of the black Muslims that get into the prison system that recruit other blacks. And they do it by, a lot of it is the demonization of the white man. The, the okay, we need to, the, it's his fault we're in prison. You know, um, they're the ones that have created these laws to lock us up. And, 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 and they're the, it's their fault that we're in poverty and this and that, okay. And they have all of this hatred, particularly toward the white men. And that's part of the reason they want the white women is to get back at the white man. And and please, I don't I've heard this before out of black people's mouths, out of the blacks that are doing this to the white women. Now, a lot of times the white women are willing participants. Some of them are raped, yes, but a lot of them are willing participants. So I'm not giving them a pass. The white women that would be, you know, I'm just saying. But I've heard it out of their own mouths on many many occasions so um what i foresee with obama wholesale bringing in the most radical elements of islam flying them in on ups planes bussing them in at the borders bringing them in on boats improving uh approving more and more of these syrian uh muslim terrorists invaders into this country and co-combining with the ones that are already here that already have their terrorist cells set up and then they go out and they have their black muslims like louis farrakhan um uniting see most of the people in america that are gun owners a preponderance of them are white males oh you're racist okay go to a gun show Go to a gun shop and tell me what you see. Okay, in America. I have many times. It's highly, highly, highly white males. Now, am I a racist for saying that? Whatever. If I'm a racist for saying... I'm, I'm telling you what I've seen with my own eyes, okay? When I've went to these things. Um, people that tend to post on these are organizations like gun owners of america and oath keepers and that they tend to be predominantly white so they know there's going to be this race war coming so what obama is trying to do is stack the deck he wants to start a race war he wants to bring in as many radical muslims that will yoke up with the black radical muslims at the appointed time in order to focus in on killing off the white races and they know the white races are are by and large overall armed to the teeth they know it's not going to be that easy so what obama's trying to do right now is bring in as many radical factions of islam their terroristic elements and the, and whatever other black muslims they're recruiting from the african nations get them over here yoke them up with the Louis Farrakhan, who's already out there openly recruiting, yoke them up with the ones that are disgruntled in the, in the black races, the ones that have come out of the prison system, the black Muslims they've already created, 
and then ultimately probably end up partially yoking up with the Hispanics in a concerted effort to wipe the black races out. And then if they were able to pull that off, they would just do something to have the Hispanics go against the 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 blacks so they could wipe each other. I mean, Saints just he, what he's what he's wanting to do is kill, steal, and destroy. Okay, but for some reason, the white races seem to be at the apex, at the epicenter of Satan's plans in order that they have to be eliminated and destroyed first and primarily we need to target them and everything obama's doing with the open borders with bringing in all these radical devils with not having lewis farrakhan locked up after all of the unbelievable statements he's made you know if any white preacher said the stuff lewis farrakhan says how we need to kill thousands of white men and we need to kill the cops they'd be they'd be jailed to be front page news for the next five years but see, it's this double standard. It's all of this selective outrage. And all of it, you know, so much of it's totally ignored by the mainstream media. You know, oh, that's fine. They can say whatever they want to about, you know, white races. I mean, they need to die, obviously. You know, I'm just telling you, it's what I see. It's this unbelievable, hypocritical, disproportionate ways that they're reacting to these things. And... As a white person, yes, it is extremely vexing to see this on a day-to-day, to to see all of this injustice and unrighteousness leveled at the white race constantly, never-ending, never-ceasing. When, when, like like, the Muslims are getting away with wholesale murder every day, particularly in the Middle East and in third world countries where they're at killing Christians and beheading them regardless of what their skin color is. Nothing said about that hardly. That's fine. That's good. We can arm ISIS. We can create them. We can do all of this other thing. That's fine. So anyway, let's go further system in Los Angeles, California for quitting OJ Simpson. That was a wrong decision. When they did it in the churches, they sang songs and wrote poetry about it and preached sermons about how this man had killed two people, and yet the churches praised uh, this man and the system. They were wrong. I mean, that, that is so sick. Here, he's basically a, a mass murderer, O.J. Simpson, and they're singing, they're singing songs and praising him in the, in the black churches? Could you imagine if, if, if there was white churches that were doing that and the media got wind of it? I mean, can, can you imagine? God abhors unjust scales and balances. And that's essentially what we're talking about today here. An absolute total unjust scale, this totally different standard that is applied to the white race now, this demonization of them, and then there's this other standard that is applied to all of these other races, and particularly Islam, that they can go and do and and, 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 and get away with all manner of wickedness and evil. And that's fine. The, the, the world sits silent. The world media, essentially. They were wrong when they followed Farrakhan. Black people have been wrong about a whole lot of things for a long period of time. In fact, most of the decisions that black people have made as a monolithic group, I mean, listen, if you're trying to make a business decision and you're looking at the pros and cons of whether you can do that job for the amount of money that's being offered uh, and whether it's, you know, you can run your business on such a budget, and you make a decision that is a bad business decision, you keep making bad business decisions, it's going to cause your business to fail and you're going to be living in the ghetto or on food stamps if you continue to make bad decisions. Now, if you make good decisions, all your decisions are good decisions, good work habits, good work ethics, good principles about the way you do your job, treat your customers, etc., make good decisions, you're going to have a good and a prosperous business. Now, if you will equate that to the whole black nation about whether they make good decisions or bad decisions, if black people as a whole monolithically 
though, especially those who say I'm making wrong decisions, I'm saying the wrong thing about blacks because I'm going against the 100% populist thought of black people. If they were making good decisions and had been making good strong decisions over the last 100 years, they'd be in a better business position, better business uh, position that they're in right now. They'd be in better economic standing than they are right now. They'd be, the black people as a monolithic group would be better off economically. They'd be better off in terms of their social cultural standing. They'd be stronger. They'd be healthier. They'd be wiser. They'd be more educated if they were making good decisions when they look at the world and decide what they're going to do, who they're going to vote for, how they're going to live, how they're going to believe, how they're going to worship, what they're going to do. They always make the wrong decision. They always, routinely, historically, they've made wrong decisions, black people have. And Obama is the wrong decision. Just one more example of a wrong decision by black folk. I'm saying that it's wrong. I'm saying that they need to make a decision to follow Jesus. They need to hear what thus saith the Lord. They need to humble themselves before Almighty God. He's the one that wants to be their king He's the one that wants to be their president. He's the one that wants to be their leader. And if they will humble themselves and turn from this foolishness that they're presently under, God will hear them and heal their land and they'll be a blessed people. So anybody who's, who's, who's living the ideas of the monolithic black race, you're in the wrong camp. You're, in, you're making a wrong decision. And let me just say this as well. You know, youth is a time when most people make the, some of the worst mistakes of their lives. Young people routinely mess up. And once you reach past 40, 45, you start realizing, hey, what a fool I was in my youth. I'm never going to do those kinds of things ever again. And all these young white people that are also jumping up and down and following behind Obama, uh, in their youth, and they too are making a wrong decision. So all the people Amen. that are supporting this long-legged Mac Daddy out of Chicago, this Chicago Slim Pimp, all of them are making the wrong decision. You can take that from Pastor Manning and do with it what you will. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Okay, I'm going to play another clip from Pastor Manning. Black people are the most racist people. Okay, this is from him, not from me. Black people are the most racist people you've ever seen in all your day. If you know a black person, he or she is a hardcore racist. Not a little bit of racist. Not partial racist, sometime part-time. If you know a black person, they are racist. And by racist, I mean they are filled with hatred for God, hatred for the fidelity of his word, if they have no production in humanity, black people are the most racist people on the entire earth. Nearly 96% of black people voted for Barack Hussein Obama, not because of his character, because they knew he was a baby killer. They knew it. They knew he believed in infanticide. They knew He was the most, and again, when he says black, I mean, obviously there's exceptions to the rule here. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say that, okay? I'm not going to, I'm not demonizing, like, my black listeners that, that are, you know, I'm not, no, this isn't even to them. This information isn't directed at them in any way, shape, or form, okay? Um, this is an agenda. This is a worldwide honestly literally satanic agenda that is working through the un and through a lot of the different major world governments targeting at white people and so you know i, I just wanted to kind of you know throw that in there so to temper that a little bit before they voted for him. oh but what i was going to say is that he's saying that the black people which voted for him at over a 96 percent rate okay knew that he was a baby killer before they ever voted for him. He was the most pro-abortion senator ever on record. Okay? Even up to the point of, I believe, wanting to be able to kill babies outside of the womb. If they were delivered and they were still alive, he still wanted to be able to kill them. Obama did. Okay? So, the thing is, is that a lot of these people that call themselves Christians who were black, and, and I'm sure there were whites too, in their liberal trendy rights, that, that would have not cared. Of course, they probably not might not be going to church, but... They were basically, and, and I know, you got your whites that were like, I've heard, I've been in the Baptist churches and say, you know, you say something about Bush and they would be like, Brother Bush? Like he's a brother. 
or whatever in Christ when that couldn't be anything more polar opposite of the truth. Okay, so I'm not giving him or Clinton or any of these other guys a pass either. Okay, but they knew he was a baby killer before he ever, they still voted him for him over 96%. And those are, a lot of those are would be considered church-going people. Black church-going people. Knowing he wanted to kill babies. And so this is, I think, the hypocrisy he's pointing out here. They knew he was a Muslim before they were Christians. Dolly wearers, tongue talkers, talking in tongues. They knew he was a Muslim. They know that Muslims and, and Islam stands over against Jesus. The man has a Muslim name. We're not talking about Mahalia Jackson. See, I mean, these are, these are things why we shouldn't even be having this conversation because this guy should have never been elected. Now, I understand the voting process can be rigged easily, but there's a, probably a pretty good chance he really literally did win with the, with the outpouring of, of people in general that were for him, at least in the first election. I, I would have actually believed that, that he actually won that. The second, I don't know. You know, I mean, the, the way deluded people are in America, I, I guess I wouldn't pass him if they would have reelected him. But the voting process can be easily rigged. Son, we're not talking about Dr. King's, Coretta Scott King's son. We're not talking about Shirley Chisholm's son. We're not talking about Nancy Wilson's son. Voted for him anyway because he was black. He's black, Pastor Manning, and we black races have got to stick together. <laughs> we black races have to stick together, so we got to vote for Obama, is what he's essentially saying. <laughs> Church mother said to me, because they weren't judging by the character, they were judging because they are racist black people. They are racist. Black, the black presence before God is like the lie before God. You can't tell the difference between Satan's use of a lie on humanity than Satan's use of black racism on humanity. They're both the same. See, it, did, it didn't. What he's basically saying is, it didn't matter what this guy stood for, being a Muslim, being being a baby butcher. Uh, you know, his whole, <laughs> I mean, if you were from the Chicago area, he was well known in the gay bathhouses in that region and the trail of dead bodies of his ex-gay lovers and all of this other stuff and, and just his wicked, wicked, evil past that, you know, he wasn't vetted. I mean, probably wasn't even a citizen of this country. I mean, he wasn't even, I mean, basically an illegal alien. I mean, you could go on and on and on about this guy. Okay, but that none of that would have mattered. None of it did matter if they knew about it. The fact is, is he was black and they were going to vote for him. That's why he's calling them racist because they were not judging him by his character, but by the color of his skin. God sent me here to preach this morning, and I'm going to preach it. Black man, <laughs> I can't imagine him preaching this in a black church. I can't imagine it going over too well, but. I mean, maybe if it was a black church that was really, really wanting truth and, and, and like, give us the unvarnished truth, Pastor. Don't hold back about this, you know. But I would imagine he probably rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. People receive 95% or if a black society had a GDP, a gross domestic product, whereby they evaluate it mathematically, systematically, where all of their income flowed from and all of its derivatives that flowed into the life of black people, you would discover that 95% of the income that flows into black people comes from racism. Affirmative action, food stamps, the great society, laws equally, quality laws, all racism. You can say they're good for humanity if you want, but it's racism is what it is. Bus drivers. Racism. These jobs that black people do are given to them because you remember Rosa Parks not only could not drive a bus, but she couldn't ride in front of the bus. So a little racism have gotten black people bus driver jobs. Post office, go in the post office. You think you'd fall into a tar pit that's so black in there. Racism. Racism. And racism, not only as a result of how they got the jobs, 
But racism meaning that's all they qualify to do. They don't have engineering skills. They don't have technical skills. They don't have administrative ability skills. So they have to get a job with security where they all they have to do primarily is just kind of show up and keep breathing and they can get a paycheck. Racism. I'm not saying this. <laughs> I'm not saying this. He's saying it, okay? That's what his observations are. So, I, I mean, you know. Racism. Because they don't have the potential to compete with Japanese in technology. They don't have the potential to compete in other workplaces. Racism. That's where they get their money from. School teachers, same thing. Police officers, same thing. Government workers, same thing. And then all these people get Section 8 housing. Racism again. 95% of the gross domestic product that flows into the life of every black person you know comes as a result. In other words, black people without racism will be dirt poor. If they didn't have racism, they wouldn't have any money. That's how they get their money. Racism is a money tree. Don't you see how rich Al Sharpton is? Don't you see how rich Jesse Jackson is? He's a racist leader. That's where black people get their money from. Racism. Without it, they'd have no money, no skills. But black people have not always been racist. They haven't. The era of the civil rights, when we can mark that period from 1954, if we like, until present, if you want to call that, and that is an era, it is a period where racism was birthed, it has grown, it has seized. It is now Satan's great, one of Satan's greatest weapons in the area of today, black people. They are racist. And where is that racism really now that I'm seeing being targeted at? The white race. The black racism, which is what he's specifically in reference to here, is there any other demographic that it's targeted at more than, than the white race? I mean, come on. Is there? No. It's not even close. As we're going to see here, this spills out into um, a lot of different areas. I mean, the 39 to 1 disproportionate ratio of black on white crime in America there's a 39, 39 times higher chance that a black person is going to commit a crime on a white than the other way around, a white person. 30, not 39%, not 390%, 39 times. It would be 39,000, uh, no, 3,900% greater risk. According to, you know, the government statistics, we're going to get into that. So... You know, this affects the behavior against white people um, in, in a very severe way. But the Reconstruction period, my friends, was a time when blacks built, we're talking about from 1965, 1865 rather, up until the Industrial Age and even through that period with Jim Crow started in the 1920s. But from 1865 to 1920s, Black people built banks, they became prosperous, they became millionaires. We had more millionaires right after slavery than we do. And I think that's awesome. I mean, granted, banks, I'm not wild about banks, but I mean, I am all for blacks prospering. Righteously, obviously. I mean, praise God, I am all for that. There is not one part of me that wouldn't want to see them prosper and do well and be blessed. There is not one part of me that feels that way. Now, Oprah Winfrey and Robert Johnson, all that crowd of liars and racist thieves, are nothing compared to the number of black millionaires who, and even to this very day, there's still black people from East Texas to Maryland, right up to Pennsylvania, who still own land from slavery. They can trace it all the way back to the time of Reconstruction. They didn't get the 40 acres of the mule, but through their own abilities, after watching the master, they own hundreds, if not thousands, of acres of land, and little by little, little down, but they passed that land on to their children and their grandchildren, and they're living on it today. That's Reconstruction. That wasn't civil rights. 
before racism, before racism, before civil rights. And they own that land even until today. Businesses. When I first came to this community, everywhere you looked, there was a black business. Everywhere you looked, there was a black store. There was one right up the street up here. All the businesses were owned by black people. When I first came to Harlem, it was a black community. Out of Reconstruction, out of Jim Crow, here comes civil rights and racism, and black people said, we don't have to be store owners anymore. We can be racist and shake down the government. And our shakedown artist is Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton. We can be racist and shake down the government. And that's why he was talking about all those programs he was mentioning where the this 96% of, of, of the blacks, I guess, uh, help, helping to make money came from these as a result of racism. This is what he was talking about when he says racism, this thing. And, and so this is the point I think he was trying to make. And the NAACP, we're not the own business anymore. We're not the own stores anymore. We don't even have to go to church anymore. We can be racist. Racist. <laughs> you work with black people now? Try to hire them, right? Give them a job. You're white. First time you tell me, listen, pick this up. You're racist. I'm going to tell Jesse Jackson. I'm going to tell Al Sharpton. And he's going to march on you. Racism. If you know a black person today, he's a racist. Not just a part-time one. Not just a semi-one. Not one when they're away from the church. He's a racist through and through. If you know if he's black, he's racist. From 1970 until... Now, I'm not even going to say what he just said. I am not, I am never going to broad brush a whole race of people and say they're all racist. Black people included, okay? I don't, I don't know what, I mean, okay, he could say maybe 99% if that's how he felt. I'm not going to do that, okay? So I'm just telling you, that's what he's saying. That's how he views this, this issue as a black pastor. Where we are now, 2013. We have, and I'm going to round off numbers, and you can go to census. This is just 2013. If you like. We have a million black men in prison right now, as I speak. One million. And of the million black men we have in prison, they have an average or medium sentence of 10 years. That's right now. That's as this moment. So when you consider... Did civil rights, have we been advanced by Jesse Jackson, who was the high priest and leader, and Al Sharpton, are we better off now than we were 70 years ago if we consider prison demographics where back in the 1920s we had maybe 5,000 men nationwide black in prison, and that would have been a lot, where now we got a million. And each one of those million men we have in prison have a minimum of a 10-year sentence. So when you do the aggregate and you look at what has been handed down through civil rights, through the leadership of Jesse Jackson, through the leadership of people that y'all praise, through the leadership of people that have made y'all hardcore racists and supporters of Satan, we have 10 million years of prison sentences handed out to black America. 10 million years. How are you gonna serve all that time? That's just now. We 10 million basically taking the, you know, the million black men and multiplying that by 10 years. So 10 million years would, would be the uh, a aggregate total sum of the prison sentences um, that he's in reference to. You have to start the process back in the 1970s. So if we go back all the way to 1970 and we come up to now, well, we've had nearly 3 million men in prison, 5 million, pardon me, in the system with the same amount of time period of 10 million, then you've got 50 million years of prison sentences on the books. They sentenced this Castro, Ariel Castro, out there in Cleveland to a, a thousand years. Y'all hear about that last week? A thousand years. Everybody just jumping out, well, we got him a thousand years. The judge sentenced him that. But under your favorite leaders, under your mindset, under your racism, from 1970 until present, if you're talking about an advancement, if you're talking about us being a better people, judges have handed out 50 million years of prison sentences to the black man. Where 
from 1970 all the way back to 1865, there were barely 10,000 years handed out. Are we better off? Young black people don't like me, right? On my Facebook page, YouTube, he's Uncle Tom. Man, they don't like black people. From 1970, starting in the 1980s, until present, black men who stopped going to Howard and Hampton and Fisk and Shaw and, 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 and every, who stopped that realized that we can make money, not the way Chuck Berry sang about Maybelline, why can't you be true? Oh, Maybelline, why can't you be true? You know, started back doing those things you used to do. Now the most popular black artists have made millions of dollars calling the black woman a bitch, a hoe, a hoochie mama, and spitting at them, and the black women are just pulling off their panties and throwing them to the stage. Call me a hoe. Call me a bitch. Call Sorry. Sorry. I didn't know that was coming. I didn't think he was going to cuss, but... Um, yeah, I mean, it's unvarnished truth. And they're making millions of dollars. You talk Which is another gigantic aspect of why you've seen particularly the degradation of the, uh, particularly you, you look at the prison culture and you, you look at the degradation of, of black men, I mean, more specifically, of the way that they're taught to view women, the way they're taught to view whites, the way the thug culture that has been, you know, rap, and all of this, it's been designed to destroy any anyone, and particularly the black races, that would embrace that. Because music is extremely powerful. So that's another aspect to this. Now, I'm not saying this hasn't been an agenda to degradate and to destroy the black races as well. Just like we're talking about white genocide, there's also this black genocide, which is what I've actually talked far more about. Beginning at the abortion clinics. You know, and then also then there's other other ways, obviously, that uh, the blacks have been targeted. About a deprived, a state of being. And not only that, hip-hop hip music, it may have a little beat to it that you can get into your jungle activity. You got that jungle juice in you, so do-do-do. But it's basically born in violence, killing, often people, killing this and killing that. It was born killing each other, the East Coast, West Coast, gang supported. And yet you call that music, you call that progress. You see how racist and what civil rights has done to your morality and integrity? Ain't no way you could have stood up and called a black woman a bitch back in the name. It can't call her a hoe and get paid. I mean, you can get paid calling young black women hoes and hoochie mamas. You see how deprived you are? And you say you don't like me? You see what God thinks about you and yours? If you're black, you support it. You listen to hip-hop music in your house. Your children listen to it. You bought it for them. You listen to the hoes and the bitches and the hoochie mamas. And yet you don't want to sing the Davis sisters. <laughs> Racism. God is saying now he's calling for the destruction of Jesse Jackson. Al Sharpton, Martin, Mariel, Oprah Winfrey, and all that crowd of racists and nothing but pure, cold-blooded racists. And they're in the hands of Satan, tantamount to the lie that Satan uses as well. And I'm here to preach it. The God Almighty belongs to glory. Now let me set the, the temperature here. The Bible says that God said to Saul, all right, you want to be my king. God never wanted a king over the people of Israel. He never wanted a king. But the people said, we want a king. We want Obama. <laughs> God says, but I'm your king. And Samuel's my prophet. We want a king like all the other people have. We want a king. We want a black president the way everybody else has got one. And God says, all right. So he gave him Saul. And then he said, all right, now Saul here, I want you to do something. The Amalekites, 700 years ago when my children were coming across Transjordan from Egypt from the Red Sea to Jordan, and they, all they had was pots and pans and their children, their sheep, their tents. 
They had no defense mechanism. They had no water to drink. They had no food to eat. They had no mechanized army. And Amalek was there in the valley. And he saw them coming. And he purposed in his heart to destroy every last one of them, to kill them all, the children. 700 years ago, he, he, he purposed to kill my people. And God says, I haven't forgotten about it. I have not forgotten about it. And what I want you to do is I want you to go and get revenge for me. I want you to kill every that which uh, the Amalekites plan to do to my children, I want you to do to them. And he told Saul to go do it, to accomplish it. I want to refer to this scripture here where Samuel said, bring me a gang. Bring him here. Bring him here. Bring him here. And Samuel took the sword. And the Bible says he cut King Agag into pieces. And that was the end of, that was the completion of the command that God had given to Saul. Now in a few moments, you're going to hear me say that God's calling for the annihilation and utter destruction of all the race baiters, Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, and every other person who supports racism and leadership. God Almighty is calling for the destruction of them the way he called for the destruction of King Agag. And so if we're going to end racism, we need to annihilate black people, or at the very least, they're black leaders. The only way you're going to end it. You're not going to end it with the great society orchestrated by President Johnson or marching on Washington, as did Dr. Martin Luther King, who admonished black people to judge people by the content of their character rather than the color of their skin. You're not going to admonish it that way. If Dr. King couldn't do it, if all the others who've worked so feverishly to do it can't do it, the only way you are going to get rid of this weapon that's as deadly as a lie who are black races is that you've got to annihilate the leadership thereof. That way you'll put away racism out of the hearts of people. Are we ready now? When the Lord calls for the destruction of Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, to be destroyed with the edge of the sword, are we ready to do it? Are we ready? Are we ready to do it? And do you believe that God would call for it? Forget about being ready. Whether you believe it or not. <laughs> wow, okay. I'm not going to go that far, but... You know, I think you get the point. <laughs> um, okay, that's, um, <laughs> and again, I'm not calling for all any of that. I'm just trying to point out some facts here today. He's really wanting to potentially maybe take it to the next level. I'm not saying do that, but that is a black pastor's perspective on this subject. And um, so I'm going to go ahead and we're going to end part three here and go to part four.